0: I'm actor Alec Guinness, and I've been asked to speak to you children today by the HUD masters and professors at your school. With a very important topic to talk about, the sort of topic that would uh, give even uh, an Obi-Wan Kenobi, if you will, the chills, and that topic, children, is heroin. Every day, as you walk to school, you will be accosted by different sorts of people and rather shabby dress that will try to force upon you a terrible drug called heroin. This will destroy your life. Absolutely. 100% totally. Now, I'm certainly not one to judge. I've done my own fair share of opiates over the years although most of the time it was usually in a den with a pipe and a girl. But that's neither here nor there and probably not appropriate for you school children. What I'm saying is that uh, if you really want to uh, let the force flow through you, as it were, then you should not do heroin. And in doing so, I am here to present you with this week's film that you will be watching. Your parents have all signed releases. And this film will be called Train Spotting. And it will be followed by a double feature of Requiem for a Dream. Yes, you, little boy in the front row.
1: Guinness.
0: yes that's my name
1: aren't you dead
0: mm, well uh that's yeah yes yes i am i got your jetpack <sighs> oh no you just you jetpacked away alec guinness kid
1: he's gone that kid is that kid flew into the center oh, the, of the, the sun. kid was on the jetpack too oh, i yeah. missed that he
0: must have been on the back no, wow. he, he, he flew into the center of the sun. He really didn't like what Alec Guinness was saying. He forcibly removed him from this podcast. Well, Jason, um, apropos- wait, so is that kid dead now too? If he goes to Republican heaven, does that mean he's technically dead?
1: I don't know, but I will or, say or maybe he
0: dies on the way,
1: but let me just say this apropos to the, this week's movie. Yeah. That kid is a real big fan of sunshine oh. and he's going to go see if he can help out Killian Murphy and the boys. There you go, Killian Murphy and the Boys. By the way, that should be his band if he ever makes <laughs> one. Just
0: Murphy and the Boys. If you could find people with as as, as uh, Stark eyes as Killian Murphy to be in mm. a band with them, we'd have something. Jason, this is a podcast. Yeah, it um, is. And your
1: name is Jason, and your name is Brendan. That is correct. Mm. You have named us, named and shamed us for the for the public to uh glare upon our visage i believe it
0: was just you that named and shamed us i only um, responded with your name so don't put this on me brother
1: i believe i i have been using jason as a non-personal uh pronoun
0: mm. i'm 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 terribly confused by that I'm, i don't right. know
1: what's going on but i mm. do know this is a podcast this is a podcast it's about british film more specifically
0: jason the top 100 films on the British Film Institute's top 100 British films of all time, as ordained by a, what it was a, a, no doubt a group of old white men in The Year of Our Lord, 1999.
1: Yeah, Nigel Davenport just sat down and made a list. Yes, by himself.
0: Is yes, I like these ones. <laughs> Wait a second. That's not <laughs> Nigel Davenport.
1: I don't know who Nigel Davenport is. Sorry, I meant Nigel Hawthorne, the King George dude.
0: Oh, okay. That makes more sense. I'm, yeah. Did you just name some random British guy named Nigel Davenport? No, it's like, it's, oh my God, they said my name on the show. No,
1: that's also an actor we talked about, but I can't place him. Yeah.
0: Well, if you have a favorite Nigel, Nigel Davenport film, please let us know about it.
1: Yes, please tweet at us um, #DavFavs. Dav That's like DavFavs. Hashtag #DavFavs. #DavFavs.
0: <laughs> your favorite
1: uh... Nigel Davenport film, and 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 also, Jason, we should note also list us your favorite Nigel Davenport performance, and in the not necessarily your favorite film.
0: Exactly. It, it could be in a TV commercial. It could be uh, yeah, the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad, maybe. Absolutely. I'm yeah, sure he's one of the cops. <laughs> yeah. Do you know that she cured racism in that ad? She cured racism, but now she can't even pay for the surgery of one of her uh, uh, employees. I don't know if you want to get, get well, real I mean, for a sec. I mean, she's only a billionaire. She's only a billionaire and can't afford 60 grand. So mm-hmm. she donated five grand to a Kickstarter and was like, hey, help pay for this guy's surgery. That's really cool of her. Oh my god! Um, I don't know if that's what she sounds like. I have no idea what she sounds no, like. No, that's a pretty good impression. I've seen the commercial
1: where she doesn't have any lines. But Jason, again, like every week, especially lately, we mm. just talk about bullshit for a yeah. while. Um But we got to warm up. <laughs> we are going to talk about. Um, we are going back to the list this week.
0: Yes, back we- on track. We are in the game, like motherfucker.
1: And we are going to be talking about... Uh, this is our 76th movie on this list that we talked about. Damn, so it's been a lot of movies. It, yeah, it, it feels like we're f- closer than I thought we were mm. to the end of this list. Mm. Um, but we are talking about number 10 on the BFI Top 100, and that is, of course, the, uh, I would say, classic film, Train Spotting. And before we talk about that, let's hear a little bit of the opening monologue.
2: Choose life, choose a job, choose a career, choose a family, choose a fucking big television, choose washing machines, cars, compact displays and electrical tin openings. (laughs) (laughs) Choose good health, low cholesterol and dental insurance, choose fixed interest mortgage repayments, Choose a starter home. Choose your friends. Choose leisure wear and matching luggage. Choose a three piece suite on higher purchase and a range of fucking fabrics. Choose DIY and wondering who the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting on that couch watching mind numbing, spirit crushing game shows, stuffing fucking junk food into your mouth. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Way at the end of it all, pissing your last in a miserable home, nothing more than an embarrassment to the selfish, fucked up brats that you've spawned to replace yourselves. Choose your future, choose life. Here comes again. We're with us. But why would I want to do a thing like that? He's gonna do the I chose not to choose life, I chose something else. And the reasons? But I'm no reasons. i reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got head on?
1: So there you go. So that is the opening, um, the opening narration mm. of this movie, and a little bit of the song that plays at the beginning, "Lust for Life." Um, Iconic,
0: really. uh, uh, One of the most remembered parts of this movie, that specific scene, that narration, that in media res beginning where this is actually a little bit later in the movie where we come in. And it's interesting because as we talk about it, we'll see that that scene has a very different kind of tone to it. Yeah, the next time we see it happen, given all what all we've seen, well, much like
1: the movie, there is a major tone shift halfway mm-hmm. through, yeah. right? Um, that that scene that you mentioned, we later see. Of course, he's running. He's running from someone. From the yeah cops, probably. I
0: think we see it as
1: cops. Yeah, yeah and we see him and his buddies, and they're all laughing and having a good time. And uh, yeah, later it's a much different meaning when you realize what's going on mm. um, and what stage of his life we're in. Absolutely. Um, but and, and again, that's that's kind of the movie, the movie at its like, you know, in its whole, because we're seeing like at the beginning, it's a much different tone after about the 40 minute mark. It's almost exactly halfway through.
0: Yeah. And yeah. And and so, yeah, this is a movie about a bunch, a group of uh, friends, uh, some of whom, most of whom uh, are
1: heroin addicts. And this is a movie that I remembered seeing Mm -hmm. when I was a lot younger. Me too. And I, I, there were some things I misremembered. So the first thing is you mentioned that almost all of them, I originally, I initially thought going into this that they were just all playing heroin addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got uh, Ewan McGregor, of course, of course. playing uh, Renton, Mark is Renton. His breakout
0: role, I would say.
1: Oh, 96? Yeah, yeah I don't yeah, think so. This is the thing that must have got him Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm, quiet. Quiet. Um, we got
0: Ewan Bremner as Spud. That guy's um, great, too. He's been. In, was he in Pearl Harbor? I feel he, like he's in, was he the, like a stuttering guy in Pearl Harbor?
1: I think so. I yeah. know he's in the rundown. He's the guy that's like, you got to go watch out for the bulls on the grind. Remember that guy? I didn't see the rundown. Oh, you should. It's fun. Is it on the AFI list? Uh, unfortunately not. <laughs> we're, we're pulling for 2027 though. <laughs> um, but yeah, Ewan Bremner, who actually, a uh, little fun fact there just before we go any further, he actually played the role of Renton on Broadway before this movie was made. So, but when,
0: unfortunately not pretty enough for Hollywood or I guess independent Scottish film.
1: I think the idea was that Danny Boyle was pretty set on Ewan McGregor before he went out um, casting this. And I, th- I think that just happened to, he just happened to also have played him. And he was like, well, I don't want to give you nothing. So he gave him the role of spud. And he's great. He's great. Yeah. Uh, we have Johnny Lee Miller using his real accent
0: <laughs> for once. From one of my favorite movies of all time, Hackers.
1: Yes. Um, play sick boy. I'm going to give their nicknames because yeah. we don't, need,
0: we don't um,
1: need... And we have Robert Carlyle returning to the show, which might be the biggest gap on this show between movies because he was in The Full Monty. That was like early, early in our episode. Wasn't there
0: another one in there that we watched, whether it was a Brit pick or something? I don't think so. Maybe it's because I suggested Ravenous and he was in that. You did, and then I was like... We did right. it on my podcast. Exactly. A little, a little lifting up the curtain, guys. Also, just to reiterate, Robert Carlyle, one of my favorite Hitlers.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, he plays Begbie. Yep. Yeah um kevin McKidd is back we talked about mm-hmm. him in small faces yes. that terrifying gangster yeah, absolutely um he plays tommy
0: a much less terrifying character
1: yes uh kelly mcdonald plays diane she will come up later um uh, peter mullen plays mother superior quote unquote mm-hmm. um and uh there's some other people that show up Sh- shirley henderson
0: Stuart mccrory there's some other character actors throughout uh james cosmo What the hell did I... I was looking him up and I know him from a lot of stuff. He's just... He's got this big burly face and a mustache. Did you maybe take one of his quizzes in a magazine? James Cosmo, turns out. Yet another alum of uh, Game of Thrones. He plays the old bear, Jor Mormont. So happy to see him here.
1: Yeah. I've I've never seen a single episode. But I'm sure he's great. Well. Um, But anyway, Train Spotting. Yes, this is a movie about... five buddies right um and yes three of them are addicted to heroin mm. um and this is a not really this is not plot driven this no. is a character driven movie where we just kind of uh, coast through their lives yeah. um Led, mark's, course, mark's
0: life certainly is the the linchpin that we follow yes but this we is do not, see what goes on with the rest of them, yeah
1: yeah exactly i wouldn't call this an ensemble movie because we definitely have a main character here that we're following all the way through um but yeah, this is Trainspotting 96. I want to say, Jason, first off, this is from a genre I like to call the Indies 90s mm. uh, hit. Yeah. And this can go either way. Yes. This can go the way of this and Pulp Fiction. Mm. Spoiler alert. I mean, whatever. They age very well and they still hold up except for one scene in Pulp Fiction that probably didn't even age well in 1994. Hmm. But anyway, um, or they can go the way of like something like the Boondock Saints, which mm. I understand the appeal. I get it. But like watching it now,
0: it's a roughy. Boondock Saints is one of those movies that when I was in my early 20s was like one of my favorite fucking things in the world. And now I kind of look back on it. I haven't watched it in years, but I look back on it and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. It would hold up quite as well as it once did. As, as often as I still quote it, literally, if somebody has rope with them, I'll be like, oh, you and your fucking rope. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we were actually, Jason and I were actually talking about this off air a while back. Um, this is the first movie you saw Norman Reedus in,
0: yeah. The uh, well, Boondock Saints was, yeah. yeah.
1: And mine was actually uh, Blade Two. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Did he have a crossbow in that? Uh, he was like a weird like uh, lab assistant, and I just remember he. I really didn't like him in that movie. I was like, oh, this actor. There one. will never be a role I'll enjoy him in.
0: I, I love that he played brothers with fucking uh, Michael. Uh... Sea Hall. No, no. Ironside. From, no, from uh, uh, from Mallrats and Keaton. Uh, Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer and Clark Days Duncan. Of Days of Thunder. Why can't you help me out here, Michael Rooker? That's the guy, Michael Rooker. <laughs> Michael Rooker and Norman Reedus make great weird races. Are brothers. you sure it wasn't Norman Reedus and Michael Clark Duncan? <laughs> that would be a good pair. That would be a good pair. That could have happened in two thousand four.
1: Um. So yeah, the nineties indie comedy. It goes either way. Yeah. Some and, of them
0: don't hold up as well. Uh, and
1: not even just, not even just the
0: whole, like, you know, I don't know, and
1: this is, this is a
0: comedy sort of like there's funny yeah, moments yeah. to it, but I don't I think would, it's overall is a funny movie. I would classify it as a comedy though, because mm-hmm. I
1: think even in the darkest moments, there's still dark comedy. Going there is on.
0: dark comedy going on. It's just the, the, the overall premise of this movie is ultimately not comedic. I think all overall no. it's a, it, it's, it's, it's like a lot of drug movies where it, it manages to be a warning without feeling like an anti-drug PSA. It,
1: I would say even more so than many other drug movies, yeah. feeling less like a PSA because but there it was, is there was actually some. I just want to say there was actually some controversy surrounding this film's release. Mm. A lot of people did think it glorified drug use. And absolutely. Most notably, former presidential candidate for the U.S. Bob, Bob Dole.
0: Dole. Uh, did Bob? I wonder if Bob Dole watched this movie. He did, did. Can you? Imagine? <laughs>
1: Bob Dole sees they put the strap around their arm, and
0: uh, I got I got I don't have a Bob Dole impression. But, like, I I mentioned, or, or, or I didn't mention it, Alec Guinness mentioned it, but... Um, yeah, what are you talking about? Uh, Requiem from a Dream is another movie that I always hold in high regard in when I think of this movie as well. as another great movie that's a wonderful anti-drug movie that isn't, like, just an in-your-face PSA. But that movie is a much more dark and serious type thing. There's very little comedy in that, despite the fact it features Marlon Wayans. Uh, there's very it's, little comedy. By the way, his best performance ever. Absolutely. 100 Easily. 100% easily. Um, he's fantastic in that but but this is a different type and and because there is that comedic element I can see why people maybe thought that it was and it's got that the comedy combined with the soundtrack which is banging and holds up 100% it is a 90's soundtrack but I think it still is great mm-hmm. um, it, and it's stylish, right? Yeah. But it isn't it isn't glorifying drug use because as you watch this movie especially let's uh, well, I'll jump ahead a bit but the character of Tommy Tommy is a character who so is Kevin McKidd's character Kevin McKidd's character he he's, doesn't do drugs at all he just likes he to he drinks and smokes he drinks and smokes yeah you know he's, which he's is, clean that hilarious which montage which is part of this movie too is the idea that like yeah, he's getting shit for addiction and everybody's drinking and smoking around well, that, him that's part of that hilarious montage
1: where you see uh, Begbie yeah. like smoking and drinking and he's like oh I'm not putting those chemicals in my, in my veins or something yeah. and you see someone shouting shoveling food down their throat they're like oh you gotta get off the junk yeah. and then Tommy is drinking and yeah it's very like it's it's very pointing out um, uh, other addictions too. absolutely but he's he's clean by he's, society Tommy is, standards yes.
0: Tommy but then as he goes through the movie at one point he's like he goes through this breakup because Renton stole his sex tape accidentally uh, accidentally no intentionally i don't i thought he was trying to borrow his hockey video he so he's going through the videos and he pulls out a video that says tommy and whatever the lady's name is right and he he looks at him and then he switches the tapes and puts it back
1: i did not know that
0: so yeah so he does it intentionally but that causes them to break up and then he's like you know what i just broke up with my girlfriend i should try heroin yeah he's like you guys are always saying how amazing it is yeah now's the time and so we watch him over the course of this movie We don't see him a whole lot, but like every time we see him, he's worse and worse and worse. We see his apartment, like he had a pretty, you know, pretty standard early 20s jock apartment that then so quickly degenerates into a heroin den where it's just dirty and everything's all over the place. And it's
1: his journey is like how I would expect a character in, like, Requiem for a Dream to go. Yeah. Like, that is... That... His story, Tommy's story, is the dark version it's, it's of it. It's the, the darker, darker version.
0: It's the darkest timeline. It's he gets dark, into it, yeah. he gets addicted, and then he fucking dies. And, yeah, he dies, he gets HIV, and then he... And then he dies in, like, a really...
1: um I mean maybe embarrassing is not the right word but they treat it as an embarrassing death and actually I do this is a clip very late in the movie but I do want to hear them talking about so everyone goes to the funeral for Tommy mm. later and one of the guys tells Renton like how he died and it's just it's sad but it's also kind of funny at the yeah. same time well let's listen
2: Tommy
3: Tommy knew he'd go the virus late but he never knew he'd gone full blown what was it pneumonia or cancer no toxoplasmosis so he had like a stroke. How's that? He wanted to see Lizzie again. She wouldn't let him near the house. So he bought her a present. He brought her this kitten. But Lizzie told him where to <laughs> fucking stick it. Exactly. I'm the one that cat, she says. Get the fuck, right? So there's Tommy stuck with this kitten. You can imagine what To happened. those of us gathered here today, Thomas Mackenzie. Filled a number of different roles in our lives. Thomas was a son... That thing was neglected. Pissing and shitting all over the place. Tommy's lying about fucked out of his eyeballs on smack or downers. He never knew he could get toxoplasmosis from cat shit. The real Thomas. The loving man who had a great lust for life. A keen musician... Why did I? What is it? Thomas fucking horrible. With his guitar. It's like an abscess in your brain. Thomas. Fucking hell. Thomas. Thomas then what He starts getting these headaches. So he just uses more smack, you know, for the pain, like... Mm. And then he has a stroke. A fucking stroke. Just like that. Gets home for the hospital and dies three weeks later. He'd been dead for ages before the neighbours complained about the smell. And got the police to break down the door. Tommy was lying face down in a pool of vomit.
1: So it is a very dark scene, obviously, like a, like it, on first glance. But I think the way they're describing it is that like, he died from cat shit. Yeah. Like it's almost,
0: it's darkly funny. It is, I mean, because it would have been so easy... And also, like, if you're trying to show the death of a heroin addict, it would have been so easy to just be like, oh, he, uh, he shared a needle and got AIDS. Yeah. He uh, uh, got, you know, whatever. Exactly. He OD'd. Like, this is a much more complicated thing. But it could actually happen when you neglect a cat. And don't clean up after it and do shit like that. That is something that could happen. Especially if you're just on the ground the whole time. I wonder. I don't know if that's in the book, but I wonder if uh, who, either Irvine Welsh or if Danny Boyle, like, had that idea of like, why don't we do that? Like, or did something that they read something in the paper, or they knew somebody in their life that had gotten it, or whatever. Like, it's like, oh yeah, let's put that in here.
1: You notice too at the at the beginning of the movie, speaking about Tommy, because I I think he's such an interesting character. um, As he's positioned as the only clean one, they call him the weak one. Yeah, he's the weakest one, (laughs) which, again, it's like, okay, they're they're saying that because he's clean. But ultimately, they're saying that comes into play as he gets addicted to heroin, because Mm -hmm. it turns out he kind of is the weakest one, because he clearly is going around sharing needles with random strangers. And that's how, in a crazy twist, he is HIV positive. Yeah. Um, which again is, it, that sounds like it should be a melodramatic thing and it's not in this movie. Cause it doesn't end up
0: being the thing, right?
1: It's not even handled. It's not like angels in America.
0: This is not like, no, it's the thing. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just talk a little bit about heroin for a sec. Now I'm, I've never done opiates in my life. Uh, I've been lucky enough that I haven't had, you know, been had surgery or had pain where I've needed to use them, but I don't plead the fifth, but I knew, I do know people who have, and I've talked to them about it. And, and the thing about heroin and opiates is that when you're on it, you do not give a fuck. About anything, mm-hmm. because you everything is good as far as your brain is concerned. The chemical reaction you get is it's just it's warmth and it's love. You are – nothing else matters, and that's why this drug is so goddamn dangerous, because it's so easy to shoot up a, a shot and then just escape from everything around you, from all the anxiety, from all the pain, from all the uh, uh, mental issues, everything. You just – and you're good to go for however long, you know, eight hours or whatever it is.
1: And I think – that the movie, talking about that mm. and saying how good it feels mm-hmm. for the first forty minutes of this movie, yeah. um, is the reason all these you know all these uh, all this controversy yeah. happened at the time with you know Bob Dole yeah and and others, which is unfortunate because they're mean, not well they're not seeing they're not seeing they're it's not, like they stopped at minute thirty nine yeah
0: you have to see you have to talk about what it is because when you tell kids yeah. from my perspective and I'm not a parent so take my advice for whatever it's worth but like when you talk about drugs i feel like you have to be honest about what they do because you can't just like because at at some point kids are going to be like some kids anyways will be like well what's the big deal like like they're telling me not to do it but they don't tell me what why like it must be pretty fucking good if uh,
1: (laughs) it's it's the idea of like it's not i mean it's not the same thing but for me it's like if you tell me oh my god Brandon. I just watched this movie. It's fucked up. You don't want to watch it. I will watch it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You got to tell me what's fucked up, why it's fucked up. If you start telling me that minute one to 95 is just animal yeah. deaths
0: on screen, yeah. I'm going to be like, okay, I don't need to watch I it. I suppose that boils down to human- humanity's uh, kind of uh, uh, contrarian nature. Don't often. push the button. Yeah. It's that idea, it's, right? Uh, exactly. you, of course you want to push the button. You want to push the button. If
1: you tell, yeah, no, I, I agree. If you don't say, I think if you're honest and you say, listen. This drug makes you feel fucking amazing, yeah. but this is what happens if you do yeah, it.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we see that in the course of this movie. We see him going out and stealing car batteries out of cars. We see them robbing places, robbing people, stealing doing, medication from cancer stealing patients, medication from cancer, stealing straight up money from his parents, like yep. diving into her secret stash and taking her cash. Like maybe we should hear some of the dialogue that may have. Uh, Supported the
1: claims of the fact that this movie supposedly, you know, glorifies drugs. Maybe we should hear a bit of that, Jason. If you make another face at me, <laughs> I'm gonna turn this podcast around.
0: Oh no! Don't do that.
2: People think it's all about misery and desperation and death and all that shit, which is not to be ignored.
0: Fuck off, that was cunt! But
2: what they forget is the pleasure of it.
0: Oh, dude!
2: wait. Otherwise we wouldn't do it.
3: Pure as the driven smell of that shit then.
2: <laughs> <laughs> After all, we're not fucking stupid. Or at least we're not that fucking stupid. <sighs> Take the best orgasm you ever had, multiply it by a thousand, and you're still nowhere near it. Oh,
3: that beats any meat injection. That beats any fucking
1: cock in the world.
2: When you're on junk, you've only one worry. Scoring. And when you're off it, you're suddenly obliged to worry about all sorts of other shite.
1: So yeah, I mean that's how, that's how they do it. They're the, that's what even McGregor like Renton says. He's like, "Listen, we wouldn't do it if it wasn't amazing." Yeah. Like, that's where you have to start, right? Yeah. It's like, uh, that is one thing that they... Now, I love Requiem for a Dream. Um, we I know, I know we've mentioned it a lot of times now. Oh, for sure. But that is one thing I don't think that Requiem for a Dream really does. Like, I don't think they care about, like, how good it makes you feel. I think it's more about, like, this is how much it fucks you up. Yeah. Which is fine it's, it's, for that movie. Bigger,
0: with that movie, the the good feeling seems to be mainly personified through the, the sequences of them shooting up, where you've got those quick cuts and the eyeball, like... I mean, rolling. you get to
1: meet Keith David. Yeah, well. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that would be wonderful to meet Keith David.
1: Yeah. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you suck my cock for a while?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't know if that's what he says.
0: Oh, I can hear him say it. I, I think he
1: says, I, I didn't pull it out for air. Put on the glasses! Cool. <laughs> I was going to say, that movie, too, along with Pulp Fiction, along with, you know, Boondock Saints, it's also under another mm. genre called university movies.
0: Yes, absolutely, 100%. Uh, Donnie Darko would be in there, too. I
1: think probably a Monty Python would be in there. And like, if, uh,
0: And if you're like me and smoked a lot of weed, or The Wall...
1: Okay, so that one escaped me, but Donnie Darko <laughs> was for sure um, And S Darko, oh, obviously. Yeah, no. oh, sh- fuck. obviously, fuck that
0: shit. Uh, uh, oh, I know my friends had posters of The Usual Suspects.
1: Yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. Um, Independence Day, maybe no, that
0: was a high school movie. That was that was like I feel like that came out when I was a kid. That was ninety six. I would have been twelve, I think, when we could come out that summer. Okay. Well, maybe yeah. not high school. I don't know. We'll just, get, we'll just cut that independence. <laughs> you were section. super smart, and you were in high school when you were 12. <laughs> I
1: was. I was like... Actually, tw- you were probably like 10. How, how old, old are you? I was like not quite as smart as Doogie Hauser, but I was advancing a little faster. <laughs> how old are you? How old
0: am I? Yeah. Right now? Yeah, yeah. This moment. Exact moment. 34. 34. So you are three years younger than me. Yes. I'm so 37. Oh, in a row? <laughs> Try not to suck any dick on the way to the parking lot <laughs>
1: <laughs> Try not to suck any dick on your way On your way to the birthday party <laughs> Zing Yeah, so heroin it, It's That's how they approach it yeah. That's the big approach It's it's showing you how great it is And then showing you what it fucking does And yeah. Jason, what is the catalyst in this movie That completely turns The tone of the movie around
0: Uh. Well, is it when he ODs? Or I think it's, jail?
1: I think, no, it's before that, um, because it's a moment where they're all hanging out. They're all, they're all, you know, shooting heroin. They're having a great time. And mm. then, uh, the, the lady in right, the, uh, what is her name? Cause I, I, feel like in Lizzie, I believe, uh, is it? Yeah, it's Lizzie. Um, Lizzie has a freak out. Like she's just
0: screaming at the Wait, top of her no, lungs. No, no, that's not right. It's not Lizzie. It's not Lizzie. Lizzie was Tommy's girlfriend. We're talking about the guy. who was, was, was sack boy. Yes. So, so the entire time we we're watching this movie, the one of the girls the, that hangs out with him and does heroin has a baby with her as a baby with sick boy. Yeah. yeah.
1: We learn later although yeah. Renton is so out of it that he's like I don't know whose baby it
0: is. Yeah, well that's the thing. I don't think it was ever specifically said, but I think we I think it's kind we can glean that it's No, it's it's clearly implied by the end of it that it is his baby. Yeah. Um, so she is
1: just screaming. Yeah. She's just screaming at the top of her lungs. We don't know what's going on and then we see one of the most horrifying images in a movie. Mm. Um, this emaciated baby. Yeah just it's clearly been dead for a while neglected and just left there to die and it's 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 pretty creepy
0: it's a pretty it's it's creepy it's it's just disturbing it's a fucked up scene but it is the sort of thing that can happen because of this type of drug that makes you not give a shit about anything you're not even thinking about that when you're on it and especially if you're doing it all the time yeah it's very easy to neglect a child to death and what ha- and what's even worse is that this happens, this horrifying fucking scene happens of her screaming and sick boys seeing it and everything, and then they all immediately shoot up again.
1: Yeah, Which is well, exactly what they would do. Exactly, because yeah, Sick Boy says, says to Renton, like you, McGregor, fucking say something, I'd say something. And he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot up" or whatever yeah. the term is. He says, "I'm gonna top off" or something yeah. like that. And then, and then she mm. also wants to t- to do yeah. it to forget about everything yeah, that's happening. She's right
0: having now. what has to be the worst moment of her entire. life. That mind. is
1: some serious trauma. Yeah.
0: Um, Although so,
1: interestingly, that is, but 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 that is, I just want to say that is the turning point of the
0: movie. It is a turning point of the movie emotionally and and tonally, but also it's a, a weird hanging thread because I don't know that that's ever like resolved per se. Like there's a dead baby, nobody ever gets arrested. There's never any inquiry. Well, we don't <laughs> ever see her again. I don't think. Yeah, maybe. I think
1: think the movie at that point we go into the whole we go into the second half of the movie where Renton
0: eventually gets over to uh, England. Yes, you can you can argue yes at that point we just don't see it, but it's never really mentioned again. Maybe we'll find out in T two.
1: Maybe Judgment Day. (laughs) (laughs) Hair, hair, heroin. Hair, hair, heroin. In a needle, (laughs) mixed with blood.
0: Folks, this is the kind of entertainment you get from us on a weekly basis. Don't you you feel thankful? Yeah, you don't even have to pay extra for this shit. That shit is free. Free! Yeah, so dead baby. And that baby comes back later because... uh, During one of the most impressive scenes of the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. So, of course, Renton at one point has to detox from heroin. He He does it twice. He does it twice. Um, Earlier
1: he does it, and then eventually he goes back on it.
0: Well, or yeah, he does it because he, that time he does it, he like prepares, he like buys a bunch of food, he like gets himself a shot to like come down with.
1: And <laughs> what 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 is that shot, Jason? It's that I believe that no, 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 the shot to come down with, I believe, is a a suppository.
0: Oh yes, he has the suppositories. Yeah. Yes, which he uh, uh, then we get into an awful scene where he puts those in and then has to shit because he's on heroin. Heroin makes you constipated, so I guess when you're coming down, you can uh, then not be constipated. Uh, and that can be a bit of a problem. And he goes to the worst toilet in Scotland. So much so that it says so on the screen. For Which is us. great. It's and great. and also, by the way, just a quick tidbit,
1: um, that entire scene was literally chocolate. <laughs> that, that's I read that. Danny Boyle said, uh somebody said, like, how oh, how like you shoot in the scene. Like, I know it's not actual shit, but like it must have been rough. And he's like, No, it smelled amazing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, the set would have been everybody would have wanted to be there that day. Yeah. If you're on set, you'll get some chocolate. <laughs>
1: But anyway, you were saying...
0: Yeah, so he goes into the bathroom and, he, and he's taking a shit. And of course, while he's taking the shit, he's still a heroin addict and realizes, oh fuck, I shit those suppositories into the toilet. So he starts digging through his shit, trying to find the suppositories. And then we get into a weird moment where he gets pulled into the toilet and then he has to swim underneath the underneath the toilet to find the... Uh... I mean, very surreal. Yeah, very surreal. Yeah. And he finds the suppositories and comes back up. Comes back up and is completely soaked and walks out through the bar dejectedly with his suppositories. He prepared, he, he did all this stuff and then... You know, it didn't hold. But the the second time he does it, it's because he's forced to by his parents, basically. They lock him in his room.
1: Oh, yeah. This is, like, the worst way to do it, probably.
0: I've heard that, you know, coming down off heroin or, or like, withdrawing from heroin is like this. It's like the worst flu you've ever had combined with hallucinations and just, it's just, it's not fun. It's not fun at all. Um, Not that I think any withdrawals are fun, but this is extra not fun.
1: Well, that's the, that that withdrawal can,
0: like, legitimately kill you. Yeah so yeah absolutely so he goes through a lot of shit he has a lot of hallucinations he sees lots of people uh, including that baby crawling across the fucking ceiling upside down and
1: doing the exorcist
0: thing yeah doing the exorcist thing and its head looks really fucked up because that baby was a cute baby in the scenes where it's alive it was a very cute baby
1: well i think also they definitely had that in mind where they were like let's take this really cute baby and then just horrify everyone yeah.
0: it's a bold movie to kill a baby like that
1: oh yeah on i mean not on screen but you see the. The baby on screen. It
0: would be a very long movie if we watched that baby die on screen.
1: It'd be like that uh, that that shot of the fox just like decomposing, but yeah, like in yeah, real yeah, time. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, no, thank you. <laughs> That's an art film that I don't need. <laughs> Well, let's talk about okay. Because
1: let's talk about the the guys a little bit. Because we talked about uh, we talked about Tommy. Tommy. We talked about uh, who played by Kevin McKit. Ivan yeah. um, Bremner a Spud. He's like the guy. I would say he's like if anyone is innocent, I think he's the most. He's innocent. The,
0: certainly yes. He's certainly the most innocent and and uh, maybe fun-loving. ignorant of them to some extent. Like doesn't have the same world experience. But yeah, fun loving. But also, you know, has uh, uh, got his own issues.
1: Well, I mean, he's the, he's the guy that. Um, his, his constipation fails him and he shits the bed in a very disgusting scene. Yeah. Um, I almost puked when I first saw this scene back Reminded, in the day. It brought
0: me back to my uh, to the time I went to the theater and saw the Dumb and Dumber uh, prequel. <laughs> no, thank you. Because all I thought when, when we were watching the scene, so just to set the scene, so Spud um, is dragged to bed. He's high on heroin. His uh, his girlfriend wants to have sex with him. but For the first time. For the first time, but he he's just so fucking zonked he just wants to sleep I think he's just drunk in this scene actually is he drunk yeah cause
1: yeah cause I don't think he's on heroin, he on heroin the heroin
0: has been worn off yeah yeah. so yeah he's hammered as shit which makes sense because I, I know from uh, reading Slash's autobiography Slash who was a long time heroin addict said that when he didn't have heroin he would just have to get drunk as fuck to deal with it and so it would make sense that um, that Spud would do the same. But yeah, so he's just drug as fuck and whatever and she basically tries to, to have her way with him and it doesn't work out so she gets mad and leaves and he sleeps in the bed and then yeah, shits himself in the bed which sucks. And he goes to try to do the laundry and he had the Things all bunched up. But of course, he's at this girl's family's house and her parents are there. And her mom's like, oh, no, I'll take care of it. He's like, no, I got it. She's like, oh, give me those blankets. And they start to struggle over the blankets and the blankets get thrown open. And there's just shit everywhere. And that is all over the walls, baby. There's shit on this car. There's shit (laughs) all over the floor. Yeah, I I got you the dumb and
1: dumber moment.
0: That's immediately what I thought. Of, Guys,
1: don't watch Dumb and Dumber.
0: No, that's that scene. If you can find that scene on YouTube, that's hilarious. That's just the one funny scene. Bob in movie. Saget, yeah. shit. You shit. Bob probably Saget find yelling about shit is fucking wonderful.
1: Yeah, everything else is garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So you, yeah, Ewan Brebner is spud. He's, he's the innocent guy. Uh, he's most innocent. Johnny Miller is a bit of an enigma in this movie. He's sick boy. And he, he's, I'd say he's the character that is like, he's the most con man. Yeah. He's in it for himself. Like he's always got a, an, a thing up his but sleeve. But like where,
0: where, you know, uh, Mark goes and like, we'll steal a car battery. Sick boy seems like more likely to try to like pull a confidence game or something like try to like fuck somebody out of their money. Um, and he also is like a, a movie buff, and he loves James Bond. He's always Sean talking Connery. about Sean Connery and yeah. doing a Sean Connery impersonation.
1: I, I actually wrote down um, uh, if if one of us if if one of us was a heroin addict, we'd probably be sick, boy. Just yeah. the way he talks about film and stuff. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> of course, it reaped its its money at the international box office. Why am I turning on Australian? <laughs> um, it was not Australian. And can we? We and we need to talk about for a long time. Yes, yes, <laughs> we need to talk long time about coming. Begbie,
0: yeah. So of all, so all the guys like they're they've all got their problems, but they all seem like they're all right. Sane. You know, they can they, they, you can handle them. They've got their marbles if, about if, them if they're sober and they're not to, too fucked up. Even they're probably all right to be around. But then there's Begbie,
1: and Begbie, um, we meet. As he tells a story about one of his altercations the night before. And guys, if you don't understand everything that he's saying, it's fine. That's fine. Just listen in.
2: Other fucking week here. Doing the fucking volley with Tommy. Playing pool. I'm playing like Paul fucking Newman, by the way. Giving a boy here the turn into a lifetime. So it comes today. They're the last shot at the deciding boy in a whole tournament. I'm in a black and he's sitting in the corner looking off fucking biscuit-hurst. And this hard cunt comes out. Obviously fucking fancied himself like... Start staring at me. Looking at me right fucking at me as if they say, come ahead, square go. You can me. I'm not the type of cunt that goes looking for fucking bother like, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm a cunt with a pool cue and he could have a fat ending in his puss anytime he fucking wanted like. So squares up. Casual like. What does a hard cunt do? Or a so-called hard cunt. Shites it. Pushed on his drink, turns and gets the fuck out
1: of there. And after that, what again was mine?
0: So we learned that story is yeah hardly true. It's total bullshit. Basically what it boiled down to was he was playing pool poorly. Yeah. Uh, and the other guy was trying to lose. Just well, he, not like, piss him
1: off. He fucked up and like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Tommy was trying to like do worse so Peg, Begbie could look better. And Begbie fucks up. Like the pool cue goes into the green. Like yeah. it literally rips the fabric. And he blames some dude
0: that's just standing there with yeah. a beer smashes him in the face, like bottles him. Yeah. Like, like takes a glass and fucking just like, like cuts it, like breaks it and then shoves it into his face and just cuts him the fuck up. Oh, and in this scene where he's telling the story, when he's done his beer, he
1: throws yeah. the mug behind him and it cuts some girl in the face. It just fucking smashes on some lady and she is wearing the crimson mask. Brandon. She is, she is Muda 1.0. <laughs> Absolutely. And for anybody that gets that reference, Congratulations. um, you're, you're, I, I like you, Jason. You're all right. That's,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's my message to anyone who gets it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so he he is a fucking psychopath, and it seems like the only reason they're friends with him is because they occasionally do jobs together, and they're all scared of him.
1: I mean, they're definitely
0: scared of him. When I this is another
1: uh, thing that I misremembered. I remembered Begbie as being like, I was like, yeah, Begbie's cool. That's what I remember. Now, Begbie is definitely not cool. (laughs) He he is closeted, possibly, which is not to say that's a bad thing. But I'm just saying that's one of his attributes, possibly. Possibly. um, Because he's very homophobic. Yeah. Um, Every kind of phobic and ist. Mm. Um, His addiction, they say, is people, yeah. That's what they say. His addiction is people and I, I think, think his addiction is fucking people up. Well, that's what I mean like his addiction is getting reactions and yeah. like and like just doing whatever he wants. As well
0: as the large amounts of alcohol and cigarettes.
1: Right, because he won't put that chemical shit in no. his in his body but all natural for him, baby. He smokes like a chimney and drinks like a fish. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, no, he's a psycho. And and again, and like I thought he was... A, I remembered him being a cool guy. And and like I said, he's definitely not a cool guy. You think, you think he was a
0: cool guy because he was a cool guy in fucking uh, Full Monty.
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'd seen Full Monty when I first watched <laughs> this. But I will say that he is a very entertaining character. And I think he's a very interesting character. Oh, yeah. And I think Robert Carlyle, Carlyle
0: fucking kills this. I love seeing Robert Carlyle on screen. No matter what he's in, he brings something awesome to it. And it's crazy. You think back to when we talked about Full Monty, right? Yeah. How much different is
1: he in this movie? Oh yeah, no, he he gets to go all out in this one and, and have fun. Yeah, in Full Monty, he's like charming. He's a little 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 dunderheaded, you know. Mm. He's he, but he means well. Mm. In this movie, he is a crazy person.
0: <laughs> and then he played Hitler, who's like the ultimate uh, the ultimate uh, great role. artist. Much like our friend Alec Guinness, who played Hitler in a movie, uh, Passage to India. <laughs> I wish. I, no, I believe it was called The Last Ten Days of Hitler. It may have been a TV movie, I'm not sure, but it was Alec Guinness. Okay. Hmm. I like Alec Guinness. I wish he was in this movie. He could have been. He was still alive. I haven't tried heroin in a long time. <laughs> a long time. Heroin Alex usually uh, uh, walk in single file to hide the <laughs> numbers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh my god, it's the best. Well, I actually okay, so I actually confirmed this by looking it up after I wrote. I didn't I didn't copy it off no website, Jason, okay. but I confirmed this after. But this movie gave me some Clockwork Orange vibes. Mm. When they're in the bar, there is that writing on the wall is exactly the writing from does the say, Clockwork Orange does say milk it like bar. Milk yeah, bar? Really? Really? I it didn't even says like it. well, it says like Malaco, and there's some other words. Yeah. And if you look at the scene from a clockwork orange, there's other
0: words just on the wall. And they're the same words. Well, in that that uh, scene in the beginning of the movie and then later in the movie, when he's running across in front of the car, he gives the driver this look, this crazy smile kind of look. Alex. That kind of Yeah, evokes Alex for sure. Yeah. Well, actually, um, Danny Boyle had actually
1: said, what I want you to do is some kind of, I, well, I don't think he told him McGregor this, but he was like, I was going for some kind of cross between like Michael Caine and Alfie. Mm. And yes. Alex
0: DeLarge. Yeah, so you, you've got like Alex, but he's he's a little more charismatic, say. I mean Alex is pretty charismatic, but he also has that really evil edge to him that, that Alfie can have a very fun and, and light edge to him, even though we know he's a shitbag.
1: Yeah, well I think also he's going for like the unpredictability yes. of Alex. Like yes. cause you look at them you look at that movie, Clockwork Orange, um, and every time you see his face, you're not quite sure what's going on. Like you don't you don't know what he's gonna do next.
0: What if they made like a Clockwork Fellas? all my life i wanted to be a gangster
1: (laughs) oh you know i go from rags to riches
0: goodfellas great movie though
1: is your fucking shine box do you like uh, casino though it is good yeah i like casino a lot it's good it's quite good it's like goodfellas in a casino but it's great
0: what if this movie was in a casino
1: um, Actually, to be I fair, think it might go a little bit something
0: like this. <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you, Brandon. If- I'm
1: high on heroin in a casino.
0: <laughs> if if it was possible for heroin to be legal, they would give it away in casinos because nothing would make you gamble more than being high on heroin and not giving a shit about anything. S- speaking of being high on heroin, Jason,
1: did you know that um, Ewan McGregor entertained the notion of possibly <laughs> trying heroin? For I hope.
0: Movie? I hope he looked at Robert Downey Jr.'s career path and thought, hmm, that's a bad idea.
1: Well, in 1996, it would have been a bad idea. But but if this movie had come out in 2012,
0: he might have looked at Robert Downey Jr.'s I career know. path and been like, maybe I should try it. I should do it. I should do the drugs. I'll go to jail. But then I'll get the big movie deals when I get out. MCU, baby. <laughs> he is part of the
1: DCEU, by the way. Ewan McGregor? Yeah. He Who's... was in Birds of Prey. What, who? He was the villain. What was the villain's name? Uh, Ewan McGregor. i don't remember his character's name but he's great and that movie's great and you should all watch it birds of prey stream it at your local blockbuster he's
0: also obi-wan kenobi is he going to be in the obi-wan kenobi series i think so uh, actually that's wonderful yeah i heard that why not why not he's great
1: yeah but anyway yeah so i what was i saying i don't know i think it's and and then we talked about Ewan mcgregor in i think two movies Mm. have we talked about because we talked about um brassed off certainly and we talked about this and again it's another example like robert Carlyle, where it's like night and day for performances mm.
0: totally different um <laughs> well, have been a di- that would that have been a much different movie if in brassed off the dude had also been on heroin uh yeah a little bit what if a they'd all bit. been on heroin <laughs> fucking coal miners man on heroin that could have been the movie that won the oscar that year if they'd have just gone that extra mile a green mile or at eight <gasps> mile. If they did it put John Oh, if John Coffey was in that movie too in Brastop? Yes, boss, I can play the the French horn.
1: <laughs> did you notice that um the the voiceover narration got and I'm not saying this as a criticism of the movie, just in terms of the movie, it gets sloppier as it goes on. Mm-hmm. Like it gets less Um I don't know. It's like as you get drunker, as you get more high, you get less coherent. It gets less coherent, but I was watching it and I was like Oh, is this meant to be, like, because he's going through, like, rehab and withdrawal and yeah. addiction
0: again? He's going through, uh, yeah, an instable period. Because at the beginning of the movie, he's in a very stable kind of existence. And he's He very... buys heroin, he does heroin, and when he's off the heroin, he goes and finds money to get the heroin, and then does the heroin, and then the cycle repeats. And, and I, like... This sequence,
1: I'm going to play a sequence here in a second, and this just tells me how many times he's gone through this, like, getting off heroin thing because he has it down to a fucking science. Yes. Let's just take a listen here.
2: Relinquishing junk stage one preparation. For this you will need one room which you will not leave, soothing music, tomato soup, 10 tins of, mushroom soup, eight tins of, for consumption cold, ice cream, vanilla, one large tub of, magnesia, milk off, one bottle, paracetamol, mouthwash, vitamins, mineral water, said, pornography one mattress, one bucket for urine, one for faeces and one for vomitus. One television and one bottle of Valium, which I've already procured from my mother, who is, in her own domestic and socially acceptable way, also a drug addict. And now I'm ready. All I need is one final hit to soothe the pain while Valium takes effect.
1: So yeah, he knows exactly what, like, the soup, and then this soup, yeah. and then you need a bucket for vomit, a bucket for shit, and a bucket for piss. I
0: enjoy the the kind of, like, U.S. Army uh, manifest way that he is explaining everything, like how he's saying, like, uh, uh, magnesia, comma, milk of. Like, that is literally how the U.S. Army lists their stuff. Like, if you got a pepperoni pizza in the U.S. Army, it would be listed as pizza, comma, pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, it's very, like, organized, which is funny because, like, the
0: rest of his life is not. But that's the thing, and and as a person who smoked a lot of weed in their life and and was uh, part of a sort of a weed culture in in university, like, all drug use has its ritualism. All drug use has its kind of things that you do and... and procedures that you follow it's, it's so it's also the irony to me of especially of weed culture of, of like it's this on one hand it's like yeah man we're like we're smoking and we're like expanding our minds and doing this shit but then it's like if you don't pass that joint left somebody's gonna slap you like <laughs> it's a weird a weird uh, dichotomy well the irony too of like
1: such a procedural setup yeah. to someone who, especially for weed, yeah. someone who characterized as a slacker.
0: Well, that's it. And and like uh, uh, one, uh, my stoner mentor was a guy who's made good in his life. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, your stoner mentor. My stoner mentor, my my Sherpa, as it were, okay. into the world of uh, uh, weed and hallucinogens. Uh, he was a gentleman who. At the time, now and like I say, he's made good in his life. He he's had jobs and lives his life. But at the time, the only things that he really was like committed to doing were anything related to weed, and that was usually involving building different types of bongs, uh, <laughs> different ways to smoke weed, or or to make hash. Or it was just he was very focused on all that. Anything else was like yeah, whatever. But he just he if he if there was a bong that needed to be built, man, he was fucking zoned in. I wanted. To, I, I do want to talk about. we talk about this movie and how it kind of just
1: jumps around? We kind of follow their lives. We talk about Tommy's journey. We need to talk about the last like half hour of this movie because mm. it takes a turn into like almost plot driven. Yeah. Because we have uh, Renton has cleaned up uh, for the well the second time that we see. We yeah. know it's much more than that for sure. Um, he's moved to England. He is selling. Uh, he's a real estate. Uh, what is it called a real estate like a real estate agent like he's like he
0: basically like takes people to apartments and condos and these are all
1: shitty condos and apartments and what's really funny is he talks about it and he's like i kind of like doing this because it's
0: almost illegal
1: yeah (laughs) yeah exactly it's shady enough (laughs) for him to like it
0: but it's it's also and it's a fun uh, i guess shot at that industry as well the part of the filmmakers that oh this ex heroin addict who's a criminal and whatever he's just like yeah i'm fucking down for this this is great reminds me a little bit of boiler room kind (laughs) of Oh my God! Which is basically Wall Street.
1: Let's face it. Yeah. So the last half hour, we have uh, Begbie and Begbie and Sick Boy appear back on the scene. Begbie first because we learned he's pulled off this like jewel heist. Yeah. And the Sick Boy just kind of shows up and apparently off screen just steals uh, Renton's uh, TV. Yeah. And sells it. And he's like, I don't know why you're so mad. I got a good deal for it.
0: Yeah, well, Bigby's literally on the lo- on the run from the law. He's hiding out in London with, uh, with Mark.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, and and so eventually Renton gets them into uh, yeah. another apartment. He knowing, them out, knowing that they won't be able to pay it. No, and that other tenants will come, and that they'll freak out and get arrested and be out of his life. Yeah, unfortunately, that happens, but they're not out of his life. No um and when they go to tommy's funeral later on they're like oh we need to pull off this this one job it's like ocean's 11 it's like we gotta pull yeah. one bit one last job boys because
0: one of the is it sick boy has a line on on heroin like a, a yeah a good like a pound of it some for like four
1: thousand pounds some desperate person gave him a bunch of heroin because yeah. he couldn't have it anymore. He's like, get rid of this.
0: Yeah. No, actually that, that dealer in the movie, that is actually Irvine Welsh who wrote the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, he plays that dealer, Mikey something. I forget what the character's name is, but uh, yeah. So he unloads them like a kilo of heroin for like 4,000 pounds, which is nothing. Yeah.
1: Um, Um, And then they're like, yeah, we can, we can unload this.
0: We can make a bunch of money. And they uh, specifically go to Mark because it's like we need two thousand pounds. He's like, I don't have two thousand pounds. And of course, Begbie asshole, he's like, oh no, I've seen your bank statements. I know you've got two thousand one hundred and thirty four pounds <laughs> in your bank account
1: because Begbie has been living with yes. Brenton for like uh, while he was like on while he's like been on the lamb for the, the and jewel just heist,
0: doing the Begbie thing of like just asserting himself in the situation and just basically making mark his slave and getting him cigarettes and 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 for me this is like this is the typical behavior of an addict
1: yeah not not like necessarily a heroin addict but like he is doing all the addict like tropes like i'm gonna always be in your house i'm gonna be just showing up randomly he's doing the john belushi
0: yeah, yeah, he's. It's funny that Mark's the heroin addict, but now he's got this guy with him that's giving him the same business that maybe he would give to somebody else. Yeah, no, exactly,
1: yeah. and not, and and I don't even know if Mark would be given that because that doesn't
0: seem like a heroin addict thing to do. That seems just like a general drug addict. or just being the sort of person that's kind of a leech, but also yeah. is is. It's, it's not like they're... And they're certainly not grateful for your help. No. They just take advantage of you. And
1: there's also that great visual of when they cut to the hallway outside the apartment and there's all these empty cigarette yeah, packs. Just a fucking massive pile a of... A mountain of <laughs> them. And you're like, how long has he been there? Yeah. Or how much does that man smoke? <laughs> oh, he smokes like a chimney. Absolutely. Um, but But yeah, so he's already there. He's been infiltrating his life. And they go to pull off this big heist. And even watching it now, because I didn't really remember a lot of details, mm-hmm. I said, okay... So they must get busted at this point or mm. something goes wrong. Cause yeah. one of them is an idiot, but that's goes, the assumption it
0: works as far as drug deals go. This one works out pretty well. They go in and then as I feel like they out, get
1: super lowballed though.
0: Well, but also Bigby wants to like haggle with the guy. Cause he, uh, cause he wants, 20K, wants 20 K wants 20,000 pounds. They spent four on it and the guy offers him 15, which at that point it's all gravy. Uh, But Bigby wants to try to negotiate, and he finally asked for 16, and the guy says, All right, we'll do 16. And so they pay him, or they all get the money, they walk out of there, and they have the money.
1: I do still feel, though, like in that scene, I don't know anything about heroin. Mm. Sorry, guys, the the rumors are wrong. I don't know anything (laughs) about heroin. But I do feel like in that scene, um, that was worth a lot more than 20. Maybe. Because I I mean, but obviously, he gives him a very knowing look, the dealer does. Like, he gives him a look like. After they leave or whatever, like he's clearly like, we just made off like fucking bandits on this.
0: But also the fact that they, they were making that kind of money and they wanted to offload it and now it's out of their hands and they don't have it on them.
1: Yeah. That's, so you know, they've, got 16, they've got
0: 16, they've got 16,000 pounds I believe, split four ways. Well, I would want to pay fucking Mark back, it's 2k out of that, and then split it four ways. Well, I don't I don't know if that's what happened. They didn't they, did I, I, Well, I mean, it
1: doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> <laughs> they didn't specify, but either way it's 16,000 they make. Yeah. They split it up. And um and and this is the second this is like I said, this is the last third of the movie. Um Renton uh uh takes it yeah he just up he grabs it and leaves and i do want to listen to the ending um so basically he he tests the waters i think a bit first because they're all at the bar mm-hmm. and he says to spud like maybe we should just go because spud's the only one he can really trust Spud's, yeah exactly he's the one to know that the guy that won't fuck him over and he's like maybe we should just take it and go and spud is like oh i don't know if we can do that sick boy immediately comes in the room and says what are you doing? I would have just taken it. Yeah. And then immediately Renton is like, okay, I can't trust him. Yeah. Okay, I can definitely not trust Begbie because he just beat the fuck out of a guy for, Mm. like, not even doing anything. Like, Begbie ran into him carrying beer. Yeah. It spilled a little bit, and he beats the shit out of this person. Um, It still isn't arrested. No. (laughs) I mean... I mean, I think he is later when he's in the room trashing it
0: when the cops show up, but well, that's for that reason. We're only we're, we won't find out until Judgment Day,
1: <laughs> until T <D2>, two, <laughs> which we will talk about eventually, guys. Um, but yeah, so he uh, uh, Begbie, um, that whole thing happens, uh, and in the middle of the night, Renton just gets up, and Begbie is literally holding the bag as he sleeps, hmm. so he has to like take it out from under him, and Begbie does not wake up, yeah. and Renton takes off, and Spud actually sees him and doesn't say anything because he's like, you know, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, and Renton takes the money and I do want to play this. Um, sorry, you were going to say, I was going to say,
0: I'll mention it if it's not in this scene, maybe it is, but he, he does leave a stack of 2,000 pounds for Spud.
1: Yes. Because for... he feels bad for Spud yeah. and that's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's listen to the um, the ending here. Uh, Ewan McGregor's little explanation for when he takes the, the money and goes because this is the end of the film.
2: Now, I've justified this to myself in all sorts of ways. It wasn't a big deal, just a minor betrayal, or we'd outgrown each other, you know, that sort of thing. But let's face it, I ripped them off, my so-called mates. But Begbie, I couldn't give a shit about him. And Sick Boy, well, he'd have done the same to me if he'd only thought of it first. And Spud, well, okay, I felt sorry for Spud. He never hurt anybody. million answers, all false. The truth is that I'm a bad person, but that's going to change. I'm going to change. This is the last of that sort of thing. I'm cleaning up and I'm moving on, going straight and choosing life. I'm looking forward to it already. I'm going to be just like you. The job. The family, the fucking big television, the washing machine, the car, the compact disc and an electrical tin opener, good health, low cholesterol, dental insurance, mortgage, starter home, leisure wear, luggage, three piece suite, DIY, game shorts, junk food, children, walks in the park, nine to five, good at golf, washing the car, choice of sweaters, family Christmas, index pension, tax exemption, clearing the gutters, getting by, looking ahead, the day you die.
1: So And that's a reprisal reprisal of that monologue at the beginning, Mm. right? Where he's like, you know what? I'm going to do all that. I'm going to be clean and everything's going to be fine. I'm going to turn my life around. I'm
0: going to choose life.
1: But at this point, Jason, I know there's a sequel. Mm. And, you know, we'll talk about
0: that someday soon. But just as a standalone movie, do you believe this? That's the question, right? Is he is he going to actually make a difference? Now, what's interesting to me is that they did set up earlier in the movie because that he has a passport because they asked him about selling it <laughs> to mm. make a bunch of money and he wouldn't do it. So, yes, so that yeah. means he can leave and go where he wants to go. That would be interesting to see if, if, if in the next, you know, movie that he is a guy that has pulled his life together and does have a family and then comes back for whatever reason. Or if he just falls back into the lifestyle in some, you know, backwater European country and, and is still as, as strung out as he always was and somehow managed has managed not to die yet.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and you can say, like, oh, well, maybe he does turn his life around, but, like, you know, we've seen him do this so many times, um, We, j- I mean, as much as Begbie is not a good person, as much as he can't trust Sick Boy, he still stole a bunch of money from his
0: buddies. Yeah, and maybe that is the rock bottom that will get him to where he needs to be, that will cause him to actually change his ways once he gets out of there, like, literally a new start. Yeah, yeah. But- I don't know. Anus I, tart. I can't wait. As to. <laughs> they say in Arrested Development. That's right. I can't wait to find out.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Jason and I don't have any knowledge of this uh, sequel. We know it exists and yep. we don't know the plot. Um, all I know is that it, it's it's real time. So not takes place in real time, but it's real time in terms of like the years between It's like it. 25 years so after. It's like 20. Yeah. yeah. He's because Ewan McGregor, like Renton is supposed to be 46 in the movie. Okay. So it's, it's about 20 years or so after. Um but yeah, that's how the movie ends. I do want to talk a little bit. Well, actually, you know what? You you, I think you know a little bit about the book. A Little bit. Um, yeah. and
0: what, what are some of the, like the major? Well, the the biggest thing is that the book is a, a non linear assembly of like kind of sh- it's almost like short stories most of them are from renton's perspective but not all of them some of them are from sick boy's perspective okay. there's at least one that's from spud's perspective they have different ways of talking renton talks in a very scottish dialect but, he, but like sick boy like the, the sean connery thing is in the book because he has conversations with sean connery in his head that's okay. almost like an alternate a, a guy that he bounces ideas off in which, his own head which they definitely cut because they were like we're not
1: gonna get sean connery yeah that's well, the point exactly. <laughs> um I'm not going to be in
0: your film about heroin use. There's also a couple extra characters that don't make it into the movie. There's a guy named Davey Mitchell, I believe, who is like sort of like the normie guy. Like he's totally clean. He's not involved in drugs at all, but he is a friend of theirs. And then there's another guy that's named like Second Chance or something else. And he's just a fucking, he's like a former a uh, promising soccer player who's just a drunk.
1: By the way, my favorite character name is the one who um, is, at, is always at the, the the heroin den when they go get high, uh, Mother Superior. Oh, Superior. Because he's, of their, the, he's their dealer. Which they call Mother Superior because of the length of his habit.
0: Yes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's a clever
1: little joke. That's fun.
0: But yeah, no, the the, the book is similar. Like the stories. I think are in this, but there's more to it. But it, again, it's not linear. So like the stories just jump all over the place. You'll get introduced to characters that you won't know any context for until you've read later stories. Okay. Figure that out. But, and then there's also a sequel. He wrote uh, actually a prequel and a sequel book wise. Porno. Yep. Yeah, the sequel is called porno and it's about them in the porno industry. And then there's a, I think it's called the Skagheads. So it's th- the
1: prequel, which is about them getting into heroin. So I think the sequel to this movie is slightly based on the book on the train spotting book and the porno book. So I think there's mixtures of both. Okay, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, so the producer of this movie, Andrew McDonald, he actually read this book on a plane, Hmm. and he was like, you know what? I think I'd make this into a film. Yeah. Um, He he turned it, you know, passed it on to Danny Boyle, who is a fucking mega hit maker now. Like, he just, you know... Yeah, but Here he was just—he was just
0: like an indie director at that point. Yeah, he, was, he hadn't
1: done much. I don't even think. Was I think it Shallow had, Grave. Was shallow. Yeah, I think he had done Shallow Grave with Ewan McGregor a couple yeah. of years before, but that was basically it. Yeah. Um, but Danny Boyle was like, "I'm going to make the most energetic film you've ever seen about something that ultimately ends up in purgatory or worse." Was his hmm. quote. Um, and they basically said, you know, this book. Like, I, I'm glad you mentioned the the non structure because this quote makes a lot of more a lot more sense now. Because they said our goal is to produce a screenplay that, that would have a beginning, middle, and end, ah. and and would last 90 minutes and would convey at least some of the spirit um, and content of the book. Yeah. Um, Danny Boyle wrote a letter to the author by saying that the screenwriter, John Hodge, and the producer, Andrew McDonald, were the two most important Scotsmen since Kenny Dalglish and Alex Ferguson. And I don't know who they are, but Me any neither.
0: Scotsman listening, you're welcome. Congratulations. <laughs> I, I would have said the most important Scotsman since William Wallace and Sean Connery.
1: There you go. That's <laughs> our knowledge of Scotsmen. Sorry, yeah. guys. Mel <laughs> <Noel> Gibson. <laughs> um, but uh, um, but Irvin Welsh, the uh, the writer... Um, he actually said that uh, he 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 was kind of hesitant about it for a while because he had seen like you know there's a movie um, the Basketball Diaries yes and he had seen that and he said while it was like you know a, a competent movie he didn't want that he didn't want like a just a drag a depressing movie about drug addiction and blah 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 it's been done a million times he's like you know I don't want like an Oscar picture
0: we'll let Aronofsky handle that and Requiem for a Dream yeah
1: exactly. <laughs> Oh, Wrecking Dream, much better than The Basketball Diaries. <laughs> um, so, Ian McGregor was cast after, um, you know, after Shallow Grave. Danny Boyle had worked with him before. Um, and, like I said, mixture of Michael Caine and Alfie and Malcolm McDowell and Clockwork Orange. Repulsive with charm that makes you feel deeply ambiguous about what he's doing. Yeah. Mm. Um, as I said, Ewan McGregor
0: entertained the notion of possibly trying heroin, but ultimately did not, thankfully. I tried to score as heroin before this podcast, but had no luck, unfortunately. It's tough. It's tough in the city. Well, I just figured we drank scotch for last week's episode, which was about a Scottish movie, so I figured, you know... If we did it for this, guys, you wouldn't have any more episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been finished.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, it wouldn't have been edited, that's for sure. Uh... McGregor did shave his head and lose nearly thirty pounds, though, for the role. Ooh, did he eat a bunch of tuna like Christian Bale? Thirty pounds, not whatever like eighty or whatever he lost. (laughs) Yeah, Um, he okay. So the interesting thing is, like at the beginning of this movie, there's a soccer game. Hmm. I guess football in the UK, but it's soccer. Um, That that other team is actually a bunch of recovering heroin addicts. Oh, that's cool. Those guys were like the 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 way that um, is like the research. Those guys told them like this is what we went through. Blah, 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 blah. And this is who even McGregor went to for the most part to get nice. a lot of insight.
0: Yeah, to, to draw on their experiences.
1: They taught him how... I mean, he was taught how to cook heroin with a spoon yeah. so that all those scenes where you see him doing that, it looks realistic. I read
0: that. Using glucose powder to yeah. simulate heroin.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not actually heroin. <laughs> um, uh, so it, you'll like this, Jason. Danny Boyle actually heard about Johnny Lee Miller from hackers nice and he was impressed with johnny lee miller because he came in and in his audition he did a sean connery accent ah. and Danny Boyle was like this is hilarious i want this guy in my movie um he almost cast christopher eccleston as begbie hmm. uh but Ooh. then yeah so they've been great because uh, he i guess he had a resemblance to how Danny Boyle kind of imagined the character definitely has the the aggressive edge to him to pull that off gi joe rise of cobra check it <laughs> out um, or whatever the other one is, <laughs> but a bit. Uh, but, but eventually, he was like, he asked Robert Carlyle to do it, and Robert Carlyle actually said, "You know what? I'll do it because I've met a lot of begbies in my life."
0: And one of these days, I'm going to work with Samuel L. Jackson in a movie called The Fifty First State, which is. Pretty entertaining. It's not good, but it's pretty entertaining. Wait, that, that, doesn't that have a different name?
1: Formula Fifty One. That's the one, yeah. yeah. Which I thought was, was a race car movie. Yeah. And when I saw Robert Carlyle and Sam Jackson with like guns on the poster, I was like, uh, no, this is this is not a race car movie. Uh, so and then for the role of Diane, oh, we didn't talk about Diane yet. But yeah. Dan Boyle wanted an unknown actress because he had to have an actress of age. Playing a fifteen-year-old, um, we'll get into. It, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, they went around to like nightclubs and boutiques and approached people on the street, and then eventually they hired Kelly McDonald, who's actually gone on to do some other stuff too. Yeah, um, yeah. and then apparently uh, there's there's a character called the Dealer, played by Keith Allen, who. Um, was also playing a dealer in Shallow Grave. And there's an implication that it may be the same character, <laughs> which is pretty fun. Oh, is he
0: the guy that, at the end of the movie, is he the guy doing the heroin deal with
1: them? Maybe. Yeah. I think so. But let's talk about Kelly McDonald, because we definitely need to talk about Diane, because yeah. that
0: part I totally forgot about. Yeah, no, so he picks this girl up in a bar. Who does? Uh, Mark Renton. Yeah. Yeah, he goes to this bar, and he meets this nice girl, and they chat, and they eventually go back to her house, and they have sexual relations. In a quite explicit way. Um, Oh, yeah. There's a lot of nudity, male and female, in this movie. Yeah, we we, we get some dongs. We get some boobs. It's the whole spectrum. (laughs) Uh, But, uh, yeah, so they go back to her husband. And then, of course, he wakes up in the morning, and she's like, okay, you got to go. You can go sleep on the bench outside, but you can't stay here. And so, okay, so he goes out and sleeps on the bench wakes up in the morning and goes down and there's two random people in the kitchen. So he sits down with them to have breakfast and he's like, oh, what are you, Kelly's roommates? And they just laugh and like, no, we're her parents. And
1: then he turns around and sees
0: her in a school uniform. Yeah, yeah, so she's 15. Now, can you blame... He was at a bar. Should he he not have a reasonable assumption that people in the bar are of legal age? Jason, this is the Rob Lowe theorem. Yeah. Because the same thing happened with Rob Lowe. He went
1: to a bar, there was two ladies, he hooked up with them, made a tape... Didn't work out for him. Yeah, made jokes about it later. I don't think Rob Lowe is a real creep. I think he made an honest mistake.
0: Anyway, again, if you're in a bar <laughs> and you pick somebody up in a bar that is supposed to be people of the league, yeah. I don't understand why that might be. A, you know, you can make a mistake. Exactly. But I do have a question. Does he fuck her again? Because there is a
1: scene well, later... Well, because
0: she does she does essentially try to blackmail him because he's like, look, I can't, I can't be with you. I'm going to get arrested. And she's like, well, I'll, if you don't be with me, then I'll tell them that you were with me and then I'll be, you'll be arrested.
1: Well, there is a scene later, though, where, where they're laying in bed and she's got her legs over his legs and he looks naked.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's a heroin addict.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anything sexual happened. I feel, I, I hope in my heart, in my heart of hearts, mm. that Ewan McGregor was like, we can hang out, but I'm not fucking you again. <laughs>
0: yeah let's let's wait four years or three years or whatever is necessary oh that's
1: some creepy dicaprio shit (laughs) give me a call three years 25 yet
0: that happened to finn wolfhard you know him from uh, stranger things yeah 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 he some some hollywood person who i don't remember who they were but she's like an actress she's a relatively well-known actress she was like yeah give me a call when you're 18 kid (laughs) and he was like oh that's not cool (laughs) oh wow i did not know about this who is this I I don't remember who it was. Put her on blast. I I would, but I don't remember her name. I just, I like Finn Wolfhard a lot. And I was just, I was kind of shocked to hear that. Which uh, on one hand, as a guy, there's that part of you, you know, that that maybe toxic male part of you that's like, yeah, good on you, kid. But at the same time, it's like, that's not appropriate at all. (laughs) Yeah. So, I don't know. I think at this
1: point, Jason, maybe we should uh, take a break and then come back with some bits and bobs. Sounds like a good idea to me. All right. We'll be right back. Age of radio. I oh, just, just, just go with the bits and balls, man. I'm fucking strung out as fuck. I uh,
0: don't care about nothing, do I? I don't know much. But I know, I love you. It's funny. We're usually only here doing bread picks, but in this one they let us come in and do heroin an for them, just to show
1: them what it was like. We did what El Il- McGregor
0: couldn't do because we're not fucking pansies. Thank you guys. We really appreciate you coming by and doing heroin for us just just so we could see. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, awesome. <laughs> thank you guys. It's great. Yeah. Do you know we get some more of this stuff? It's some with Dixon. Look, uh, call us later. We'll we'll let you know. We're horrible people,
1: Jason. We, we are. just got the vote on heroin. I have to ask you a question before you start your bits and bobs here. Sure. Um, how did you feel about this book? Because this is Scottish. This is Scottish. Yes. And there are, I think there's some British actors doing some Scottish accents. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about these Scottish accents?
0: Well, I feel like there's a lot more like legit Scottish people in this movie, like Ewan McGregor, uh, okay. and um, uh, the guy that plays Tommy. What's his name? Kevin, oh, yeah, Kevin McKidd. Kevin McKidd, yeah. Is, he's... Are all of them? So Appar- okay, just quick sidebar. Kevin McKidd is apparently on Grey's Anatomy now. What I'm... do you mean now? I mean... This show is still on the air? Yeah, I know, it's still on the air. I don't know how long he's been on it, but he's apparently on it. And it looks quite different now as an, uh, as an old man.
1: that is bizarre i didn't even know that show still was on the air no
0: it well well, that's the thing about a medical show medical shows can go forever there's always met new medical problems (sighs) and think about now we've just had the COVID 19 pandemic they'll have episodes for fucking years the what oh uh we'll talk after the show i gotta fill you in on some stuff all right bits and bobs bits and bobs he chose not to choose life and that's the whole setup for this movie.
1: Yeah. He doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna have that boring cookie cutter life that everyone has. Which you know what?
0: Totally can relate to. That's an easy way to bring you into the movie. Yeah. Tying someone up and giving them a shot of heroin is a pretty fucking dark moment right out of the gate. Like to do that to anyone. Like I, I understand if you are into heroin, right? Someone's tied up? Well, no, no, but I mean, like tying tying up a person's arm, like, like oh yeah, you, yeah, you know, you tie it up to get a vein, right? Like because in, in the beginning of the movie, he ties up uh, 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 the lady with the baby, right, to give her her first injection. Well, she well, asks sack him. Boy does, she asks him to. Yeah, you should call him Sackboy sack.
1: from Little Big Planets. Sick boy. Sick Boy, yeah. It turns out that young Sack Boy
0: started to inject heroin into his veins. But, like, it's, it's, it's like, I get it. I get it. If you like heroin, that's one thing. If you want to do heroin, you want to do heroin. But then to do it for someone else, to, to bring them in, like, that's a fucked up thing to do, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I love all the, of course, talking about poisoning their body while they're all smoking and drinking and being, you know, fools. I, I like that. Sick,
1: so Sick Boy has this theory of, like, everything sucks when they get older. Yeah. And I'm like, that kind of applies to the Star Wars prequels. So he says, like, you know, all Lou Reed, all his solo stuff, shit. And then you have uh, uh, Renton say... Oh no, the last one was pretty good. He's like, yeah, but is it great? And then he says, so he, he says like, what about the Untouchables? And he's like, no, no. And he's like, that won an Academy Award. He's like, that that means piss. Yeah, <laughs> it does great, mean piss. It's a great exchange though.
0: Uh, while while you mentioned Lou Reed, I'll mention. Uh, so in there is a scene in this movie where Sick Boy ODs, and it is all to Lou Reed's song Perfect Day, which Sick Boy or Renton? Sorry, Renton. You're yeah. right, Renton. ODs, Renton ODs, and and this to Perfect Day by Lou Reed, which is a song that I've long can't understood was actually about heroin Mm. although lou reed himself says that is not the case he says that he literally wrote it about this wonderful day he had with his girlfriend at the time he was on heroin at the time but he but he maintains that it wasn't specifically about heroin and that he could see why people thought that but that was not because of his heroin use but if you listen to that song with, with that thought in mind it does have a very dark edge to it and it works so well for this scene um so i love it so that uh, that's probably in my list but i wanted to mention that because you'd mentioned lou reed and i did not want to forget it
1: i like the conversation um tommy and spud are having in the bar about their respective girlfriends mm. while the girlfriends are having a, a similar conversation in the bathroom yeah it's just one of those fun like cut, like edit points yeah. by the way the editing we got to mention yes. too the editing in this movie is phenomenal oh, it's
0: very kinetic it's, it's uh it, it's never boring i feel like guy Ritchie saw this movie a few times oh
1: well, yeah, ninety six, yeah. Lockstock was ninety eight, I think. So yeah, yeah definitely. Um, it's very kinetic and it's very just like it never stops. No. Like it just, every, I guess that's kinetic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's constantly moving. It's constantly it going. Is, it,
0: this ninety minutes moves for sure, absolutely. Which There's is no crazy question. to say. Like ninety minutes is not long, but it doesn't. It's it's perfectly just perfect for this thing. Yeah, it doesn't need to be no longer. Um, A lot of penis. I, I like when he says, "Of course, I need to have another shot." I have work to do. Another <laughs> shot of heroin, yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh, and talking lovingly about heroin while surrounded by this squalor of of the heroin user's apartment of just trash and fucking destroyed walls and everything because there's no desire for maintenance because you don't care. It doesn't matter because you're high as shit. Yeah, I, I like that um, Tommy.
1: When, when, so Tommy breaks By the way We gotta talk about how Tommy breaks up with his girlfriend We kind yeah. I think we kind of mentioned it But basically when uh, Renton steals his sex tape They watch what they think is a sex tape And it's a hockey highlights And she freaks well, out and thinks that football. he's like Yeah And she freaks out and thinks that he's returned it to the video store or something And breaks up with him Mm.
0: And that, it's crazy. Cause that little thing starts his entire decline. Yeah. That's the thing that eventually kills him, unfortunately. And, um, and, and, and it's because of Renton, because Renton was just being cheeky and stole his sex tape and rent. And, and there's a moment later in the movie too, where you're like,
1: Oh, Renton, I don't know if I like this, where he meets up with Tommy. Tommy's already found out he's HIV positive. Mm. Um, and he gives him money. Yeah. And you know what he's doing with that you money. Know he, I
0: know, and I know Renton does too, but Renton also comes from a perspective of he knows what it's like. He knows what it's like yeah. to want to fix and not have it, and he has the money, so... It's almost like at that point he's giving up on Tommy, which I, I s- don't know if he's necessarily giving up on him, but he feels sorry for him in the same way that, that there are parents that will continue to give their drug addicted kids money and they know very well that they'll be spending them on drugs, but they, but they feel like that's, they want to help. But Can you imagine the guilt though? Oh yeah. Cause no. he's, he's the one who
1: ultimately agreed to help him get on heroin. Yeah. But maybe it's also that thing where it's like, if I don't do it, he's going to get it from someone else. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. Exactly. Who
0: knows? Um, or or he's going to rob somebody or he's going to steal a car stereo. And get or arrested somebody. or yeah. shot or worse. Yeah. Uh, w- when when um, uh, Renton goes clean the first time, sick boy decides to go clean as well just to be a dick. <laughs> <Yeah. I was laughs> just like, to annoy him. I was like Tommy wants to go
1: like out on a walk in like, the great outdoors and everything. And they're like, oh, we know you're depressed, but why are you taking it out on us? Like They don't want to go anywhere. They're all just drinking
0: hard liquor out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Uh, they beat up a skinhead at some point. They beat up a skinhead? Or I, was it Begbie maybe? Or... I don't
1: think, was it a skinhead or it was just a guy in, a bath, in the bathroom?
0: No, there, there was a dude at one point that had, because I wrote down and I don't understand what I was trying to say. I said, wrote, shot that dog to fuck with what I assume is a skinhead. Okay. I don't know what I was saying, but there was a dude that was like wearing like, he had a shaved head, he was wearing the red suspenders and he had like boots on and he kind of looked like a skinhead. And it doesn't necessarily mean he's a Nazi, but he's definitely a, a skinhead slash bonehead. Uh, they have a
1: system in place <laughs> um, to drop off people who put uh, OD at the hospital. That Mother Superior guy has a guy show up, yeah, cab. picks him up in a cab, drops him at the hospital, and then they take him from there. Which I just want to say, though, there's a good fake out because he says, like, oh, uh, I guess I need to call you a taxi. We cut to an ambulance, but it's got nothing to do with um, him dropping him off in the middle of the street. <laughs> Uh, Ewan McGregor when he yes. obese.
0: Quick sidebar: I was reading on Twitter the other day, and I follow a, an account, Brennan, called uh, "Conservatives Getting Owned," and and sometimes they post some funny stuff. I read that the other day. Yeah, and there was a um, uh, 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 one that made me laugh where somebody talked about it was Bernie Sanders. A post about like it's ridiculous that people can't get like uh, uh, you know healthcare and a ride to the hospital. And the guy resp- somebody responsible with Do you think? That an ambulance is your taxi to the hospital? And somebody responded, what the fuck do you think an ambulance is for?
1: <laughs> I saw that. That was great.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> God damn it. But yeah, um, yeah I, I laughed really hard. I, I like the scene where Spud is going in for a job interview and uh, he's off heroin. He's not on heroin, but so they give him speed instead to kind of like keep him sharp for the interview, but he does too much. Well, didn't they also say like, you don't want to get this job?
1: But you want to go do well enough so that somebody gets off your back? Is he on like yeah. uh, parole or
0: something? Uh, it may be a question like like it may be an employment insurance thing oh, okay. where like yeah. you have to go and like make a good show at a job interview to keep getting benefits. Right, right, right. Because none of them are working. Yeah, maybe so,
1: might be, but we don't
0: know. But he takes way too much speed and is just completely jacked up through the whole interview, and and they all know there's something going on. Yeah, <laughs> the three people that are like. Talking to him, and he's like, "Oh!" And of course, the, in the wonderful British way, the guy's like, "All right, uh, we'll let you know." <laughs> yeah. But
1: it's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to go go back briefly to just ama- again how amazing that scene is, where Hugh McGregor, like Renton, is coming down. He's locked in a room by his by his parents because we see like game show footage. Mm. Um, we, we see Spud is in the room in chains because Renton has some guilt that Spud went to jail, but Renton got to go to rehab instead. Yeah. Um, we also see Tommy just strung out in the room mm. and he, and obviously there's some guilt there. And then of course we get the baby crawling on the ceiling and one of the most terrifying images.
0: And in that game show, they're asking the, it's his parents that are on that game show and they're being asked questions about AIDS. Yeah. AIDS, specifically AIDS related questions. Yeah.
1: About what parts of the brain it affects and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, and at that point we know that he's been cleared. Uh, he's HIV negative, which he says, I don't no fucking idea how that happened.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, which I didn't know. I didn't catch on to right away because I don't know what an AIDS test looks like. But no. when they did the te- they showed the footage of him like getting the test, I was like, "Oh,
0: I'm not sure what this is." Yeah, assuming they. I mean, that's the thing. If they're sharing dirty needles, or if he's just having unprotected sex. Although, interestingly, um, while on heroin, I guess that affects your libido. You're not really interested in sex when you're on the heroin because you're on heroin. Well, that's what they say too in the movie, right? Yeah, he said, "I was off the heroin, I was ready to screw." Exactly. He got super horny because he wasn't on the heroin anymore, and that's yeah. when he meets up with uh, D- uh, Diana. Diane, Diane. Yeah. Also, I love that Begbie is like
1: all like, uh, uh, you know, huff, huff and puff about uh, doing drugs. He has no problem selling them. Yeah, no, not at all.
0: (laughs) No problem. It's shite to be Scottish. That line comes up in the movie. And
1: oh, that's when they're that's when they're they're outside and he's like, Enjoy the fresh air and he's like, yeah. What fresh air? Scottish, it's shite to be Scottish. We're <laughs>
0: the worst of all the UK or whatever he says. We were colonized by wankers. It's like none of the English are bad, they're just wankers. And we were <laughs> colonized by wankers. And isn't it interesting how when you McGregor clear
1: cleans up, like when Renton cleans up, he goes to England. Yeah. Right? It's the thing he's kind of been not rebelling against, but he's like very like you know he's Scottish yeah, yeah. and he but goes it's to also it's England where respectable to
0: people go. Well, that's that's what I mean. That's 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 the idea there. Yeah, he gets back on the heroin. He's in batteries and money for junk. By the
1: way, I love when Ewan McGregor. I, I didn't I didn't write this down, but one of his lines he says to Mother Superior. He says. I'm gonna, I'm gonna quit the junk or whatever. And he says, "Oh, I've heard that before." He's like, "I'm gonna do the sick boy method. Sick boys passed out on the floor." He's like, "Yeah, that's worked well for him, huh?" Yeah. And then <laughs> Uma McGregor says, uh, "Yeah, but he is of a of a low moral fiber." And He's like, "Yeah, but he knows a lot about Sean Connery," and he's like, "That's hardly a substitute." <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true. It's a great exchange. Uh, uh, sick, but the sick boy makes like drugs his lifestyle because at one point he has a fucking like false heel on his shoe that he keeps his fucking shooting kit in with his needle and his uh, spoon and everything yeah yeah that's pretty cool uh, you're a pretty cool dude we would have invited it in, we would have injected vitamin C if they'd have made it illegal <laughs> just to show the kind of fiends they were Oh, dude, when they go and rob that American on the first day of the Edinburgh Festival. That's what I was talking about when you talked about the skinhead. I thought that's who you were referring to. No, 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 that guy wasn't the skinhead, but they just beat the shit out of him. They just fuck him up. Well, Begbie does. Yeah, Begbie does. Which is funny funny because, again, Begbie is like, doesn't like,
1: not into drugs at all, but he beats the shit out of him, gets some money. He's just casually, like, you know, spreading out the money amongst them. And as Ewan McGregor leaves, he's like, don't go spending it on smack now. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, Begbie also has a um, crying game moment in this movie. Yeah,
0: Begbie does. He he gets making out with a, a lady in a car and he gets his hands start going downstairs and he realizes that it's not what he thought it was. And it's a weird scene because it's one of those scenes. It's like, yeah, obviously Begbie's a piece of shit. He's a homophobic, transphobic, like, you know, he's all, all the phobics. Um, but also, it's it, it's you know it's like uh, I, I think a responsible trans person in this age would probably give somebody a heads up before they got to that point, simply because for their own safety. But then again, they wouldn't it, want a reaction like that because baby could have easily murdered that that, that woman. Yeah.
1: Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I actually was surprised he yeah. didn't beat her beat her up. Um, but there is but there is a moment too where I'm like. Did she tell him and he just was too drunk to even care or notice? Yeah. Like you know that's what I mean? Possible too. And, and and it was only when he it's only when he had a handful of what really was that <laughs> he was
0: uh ooh, yeah. And then
1: after you, McGregor, uh, like kind of twists his twists his nips a little bit, you know what I mean? Just kind of mm. gives him shit for it, and he literally almost stabs him in the cock.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Bigby is exactly the sort of guy that that you get needle him about that, and he will be very close to murdering you. Like I you again, may very well do it
1: again, Jason. I think they became friends with him when he was slightly less, slightly less scary. Yeah, and maybe are too scared to not be his friend anymore.
0: Yeah, exactly. They, they just, yeah, exactly. they fear his wrath, which is, again, why I'm so looking forward to the sequel, because as and McGregor, I would fear his wrath. The idea of going back home, or going back to England and seeing these people again, yeah, I would be afraid of he's, that guy. He's more unpredictable than a drug addict. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The drug addicts in this movie are, are, are puppies compared to this guy. Yeah. They just want their shit. They don't want to fuck anybody up. He just wants to fuck people up for no reason. No reason. Huh. He's a shit disturber. He is a total shit disturber. His poor parents, Renton, like, and and I, I like seeing them in this movie because they remind you that, yes, the, the drug addicts do put their parents through a lot, especially young ones, you know, that they, but they, they continue to love him no matter what happens throughout this movie. They never abandon him. They no. never fucking kick him to the curb. No, I mean, they, 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 they put him rightfully that, justified in doing so. They put him in that room and put him through it. Yeah, and then they're there for him. They bring him food. They keep an eye on him.
1: By uh, the way, I really like that, that scene where Renton is actually ODing. I really like how the he sinks into the carpet. Yeah. And then we see that framing where like the the two-thirds of the of the frame is the carpet. Yeah. As if he's still stuck in it. And
0: that's the whole time he's yeah. going to the hospital and everything. And that's when Lou Reed's Perfect Day is playing. And it's just such a great scene. It's so, so well made. The whole movie. Yeah, this whole movie, man. Mm. Hold, holds the fuck up. We'll get to it good use of music as he hallucinates, but good use of music in this whole movie. As I yeah. said before, it's just, it's banging. It's, it is it is very 90s, I think, but like, it doesn't matter. It's 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 so perfect for this movie that, that it does, you know, because we've seen plenty of movies that, you know, maybe the music is like dates it, like Spider-Man, uh, for <laughs> but, instance. Yeah, 90s in a good way. Like not yeah. 90s in a like... Oh, remember when this was popular in the like, 90s? It, it kind of reminds me a little bit of like something like Run, Lola, Run in the same way. Where I still it haven't seen a, that. That's a great movie. But like where it has this thumping techno soundtrack, and there are scenes in this movie that have that sort of thumping techno soundtrack, um, and it feels of that era. But like I say, it, it works for what this movie is. Um, is that a um, is that a blind spot, possibly? Yeah, that'd be a good blind spot. I haven't watched Run, Lola, Run in a while, so I would love to watch it again and see if it holds up. I haven't seen it at all. All right. And specifically because the reason I watched it, Brendan, was because there's a Simpsons episode that does it where Lisa is trying to get something done and there's three different variants of the uh, uh, thing she's doing depending on what happens. And it has the same kind of thumping soundtrack as making a direct reference to it. I forget which episode it is. Folks, if you know, tell us. I will say that- <laughs> I could that look it up, but I'm not gonna. In, in French class, um, they had us
1: watch uh, Amelie. Oh, that's a great movie. But about 10 minutes in, the teacher realized, probably not appropriate for- <laughs> at the stage level. There's a lot of nudity. And uh, it, they quickly turned off that tape. If you ever I... want to see a French teacher nearly have a heart
0: attack, <laughs> that came out in what, 2001? Amelie was. No, that was like. Well, maybe like 2000, maybe. So it has been. It's been 20 years since I saw it then. Because yeah. I think I saw it shortly after it came out on DVD. And I remember liking it. It's a weird movie, but it's fun. From what I remember from that French class, yes. Yeah. So back to uh, this movie. Um... Yeah, not Amelie. One thing they do that kind of calls back to another movie we've watched uh, um, is Kess. They make a little, little bit of a callback to Kess, where Begbie makes fucking Renton go out and put a bet on a horse for him. But unlike yeah. uh, the young boy in Kess, who goes and spends the money on chips for him and the Falcon... He does go put the bet and gets it, and they win a bunch of money on the horse race. So they go out that evening, which I thought was cool. That that's an interesting twist because I thought
1: that what was going to happen is he was going to do it wrong or he wasn't going to do it. And then again, the later thing where they do the drug deal, I feel like I I was like, oh, it's going to go wrong. Yeah. But they kind of they kind of turn that on its head a little bit. Yeah,
0: no, that is cool that they that he went those direction with both those things. That maybe I I don't know if that was a direct reference to Kess, but that's what I read of it, anyways. Um, I mean, I'm sure Danny Boyle has seen Kess. I mean, shortly. Yeah, we talked about Bigby at the end of the movie fucking glasses the guy with a, over a spilled drink. Oh, I did see... So, I'd never heard of this before, but I, one of the uh, many uh, things that I watch that I enjoy is GiantBomb.com, uh, which is a video game website about video games. And in the course of, of their uh, existence... As opposed to a video game website about horror movies? Exactly. Okay. Uh, which they sort of had at one time. But, um, <laughs> so, they have a lot of fans in the UK. And the fans... because. Not so much now, but in the old days, like Giant Bomb would like, they would drink a lot. They would often be drunk on stream, and they like drink weird liquors and stuff. And so fans have sent them bottles of Buckfast, which I saw a bottle of Buckfast in this movie. Buckfast is like the cheapest shit you can buy. Uh, it's like really strong, like fortified wine. It's the it's like it's like Thunderbird is here. It's like a hobo drink, I think, but it's it, it's iconic in the UK. And I was very happy to see a bottle of Old Bucky uh, on the sink. A bottle of Bucky. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much all I got. I mean, and then he takes off, and I am compelled to find out what happens in the sequel.
1: I'm really excited to watch the second yeah. one, and we will. We will soon. Um, soonish. Um, okay, well, let's get into... I just want to get into a little bit of the the, the critique of this movie. Because sure. um, this movie does go to the Oscars. It is actually nominated for one Oscar. Does not win, though. Can you guess the one Oscar that it's nominated for? Best Adapted Screenplay? Yes. Yeah. And the winner of that year is a little movie called Slang Blade. Ah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I like French it. French um, And it goes to the BAFTAs. It is nominated for one uh, award and wins another. Can you guess what it is nominated for and does not win?
0: Uh, best Actor, Hugh McGregor.
1: No, it is nominated for Best British Film. Oh. Um, but it is won that year by a movie we already talked about, The Madness of King George.
0: Oh, I was afraid you were going to say the English Patient*. No,
1: no. Oh. You're in the clear. Um and it does win. What what award do you think it wins? Uh, best soundtrack, best adapted screenplay oh, at the Baptist. Obviously. Yeah. Um, Roger Ebert liked this movie. He mm. gave it three out of four stars. He says, uh, it praised its portrayal of addicts' experiences with each other. Um, Kenneth Turin in the Los Angeles Times said, "In McGregor, the film has an actor whose magnetism monopolizes our attention no matter what." Uh. Janet Maslin from the New York Times says, train spotting doesn't have much narrative holding it together, nor does it really have the dramatic range to cope with such wild extremes. Most of it sticks to the same moderate pitch with entertainment value enhanced by Mr. Boyle's savvy use of wide angles, bright colors, attractively clean compositions, and a dynamic pop score. Seems like a little bit of shade there. <laughs> um, we already talked about Bob Dole. No, he didn't Bob like Dole. it. Bob Dole didn't like that movie. Bob Dole doesn't care for heroin. Bob Dole never did. Andrew McDonald did respond to that Bob Dole comment, though, the producer, uh, by saying, uh, we were determined to show why people took drugs. You had to show that it was fun and that it was awful.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Um, To which Boyle also, Danny Boyle also chimed in and said, it's the music and humor that makes people feel like it's glamorizing drugs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And despite the controversy, I mean, this movie is a phenomenon. This is a juggernaut of a movie. Um, it cost 1.5 million pounds. That's the budget. Mm. In pounds, it made 48 million. Yeah. Nice. And I think in American, it's like 90 or something. Yeah, it's, like,
0: it's like 80 or 90 million dollars. Yeah. So that's Which what you is saw is in insane. return on
1: like what what is ultimately like a $3 million film. It, it's crazy. It just like the Full Monty. I mean, I think the Full Monty is a bigger hit. But this is like on the level of like... I think Robert Carlyle was like... All right. And it's proof... Everything's going to work out. I'm going to be in nothing but hits from now.
0: Now, obviously, this... I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens when this pandemic is finally over and done with and people can go back to theaters. But it seems to be proof that if you just make a good movie, you can spend a tiny bit of money and make an immense amount back. Like. Like what, what? Why spend three hundred million dollars on a movie to make a billion when you can spend one hundred and fifty grand on a movie and make back twenty? Like
1: and, and listen, don't tell me that there's Hollywood actors out there that won't do it because yeah. I guarantee you, there's lots of twenty million dollar a movie actors who will do the fucking five hundred thousand dollar project. They've got the, exactly. They they've got enough money that they can choose a project like you, that if they you, so desire. You tell me that Brad Pitt likes something, he's not going to take a reduced salary. I guarantee you, he will. He would
0: love to be in some indie darling movie. Yeah. And and also, with those guys, you give them a percentage of the gross, and they're happy. Exactly. See,
1: Burton, comma, Tim, Jack Nicholson, comma, Jack, yeah. Batman.
0: Always give points on the back end, baby. I was such, that was probably the, he made like $100 million from that movie. Sean Connery would have made like that if he'd have taken those points on the back end of Lord of the Rings and played Gandalf. But thankfully, the honestly, in retrospect, I'm glad Ian McKellen
1: did. Ian McKellen was the better choice. We would have Absolutely. just seen Sean Connery the whole time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no no disrespect to his acting but yeah um
1: okay so i think we come to the end here jason so this is number 10 yeah. on the bfi top 100 train spotting tell us
0: well like like you said this was a university movie this was a movie i saw when i was in university with my buds you know this time we were watching stuff like boondock saints and fight club and you know shit like that but um and I remember watching it at the time. I was probably super high when we watched it. I on heroin. thinking I remember that baby scene very starkly because that sticks out of this thing. But I didn't remember much else about it. And going back to it, I was fucking blown away by how good this movie still is. Yeah. Like, it it it, it it, it, may be rooted in the 90s, but it holds up so well. It's such a fast-paced thing. It's such an interesting, you know, kind of character piece. And I have nothing but love for it and recommend it to anybody. Exactly. I mean, I saw when I first looked at this list and
1: saw it at number 10, I was like... Was it that good? Like I I kind of questioned it. Like I don't remember. I remember being good, but like number ten—that's pretty fucking high. Yeah. Yeah. But watching this, pretty fucking high. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But like watching this, I'm like, oh shit! No, I totally see where this where they're coming from here because this movie is phenomenal. This movie is everything you want. Like if you if you want to watch a movie about like drugs, but you don't want it like. To be hundred percent super depressing. Yeah. Um, if you just want good acting, if you just want good like like filmmaking, like this is all of that comedy. Yeah. It's ever it's all there.
0: Yeah, you, you do this with a double feature of Requiem for a Dream, but you do Requiem for a Dream first, first. so that you can leave, you know, on a kind of a positive kind of feeling. Are they you know?
1: doing heroin in Requiem?
0: Oh yeah. Okay. Is yeah. that what that the well, cause, drug cause, of cause, choice? Cause, yeah, because yeah, Jared Leto's character near the end of the movie loses his arm because right. he's been just injecting in it so much and it got infected. Right, right, yeah. right. All right,
1: yeah. So I mean, I think, yeah, but de- I mean, definitely keep it on the list. Please do. Um, and I think it should be very high. I, uh, heh, eh. I think it should be very high up the yeah. list, though. Because I don't I know think- if
0: it'll be that high, but it will be up there for sure.
1: It'll be up there. Um, it is a, it is a another one of those movies. And as much as we say bad things about it, but it's another one of those movies like The English Patient yeah. and you know uh, Clockwork Orange. And Lawrence of Arabia. It's just these tentpole movies, yeah. right? It's just these movies that are so ingrained in the culture. And yet,
0: and it's interesting that this one is such a small movie in comparison to those movies you mentioned, budget-wise, like, especially. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That it's such a smaller independent production, but yet yet it is still, you know, integrated itself into the culture in the same way. It's it's. I feel like you can go out to,
1: you can go outside, say Train Spotting somebody will know what you're talking about. I,
0: I would be interested because I remember in, when I was in university now to be fair this was a long time ago but when I was a in long, university a long time when I was in university in the early 2000s I remember seeing numerous train spotting posters uh, around. Oh this and, was a university dorm room poster. Yeah absolutely. 100%. Sure. 100%. <laughs> And I wonder if today, yeah. if kids still have those uh, train spotting and you, Reservoir Dogs posters. Yeah, I was just say you'd see like train spotting, Reservoir Dogs, Scarface. Yeah, yeah all of the Scarface. And, for sure. and and
1: the fucking Che Guevara. Yeah, oh no, no doubt, no doubt, one hundred percent. Yeah, no. I, yeah, so there you go. Train spotting, hard recommendation from both of us. Super hard recommendation, but. Now, we need to find out what we're talking about next week. And, Jason, it is your role. Yes,
0: baby. It's time for Daddy to be back in the habit. Call me Whoopi Goldberg because I'm back in the habit.
1: Or, Or Mother Superior from this movie. All right. Jason, it might be interesting. I know we joke... We, this is not a joke we say every time
0: guys this might take a while because yeah. it might and every it was time, it was crazy that last week it only took one roll the last few times it's been <laughs> fairly quickly because we only have 24 movies left on the list now 20 yeah 20 out of 100
1: uh yeah yeah
0: yeah 24 so there's uh, a one in four chance or there's a three out of four chance that I'm gonna misroll on this.
1: All right. Well, let's. Let, so you have two dice right now. I have, you have two a, dice
0: in my hands. I have the the, the green d tens, which is the, uh, the 10s. tens dice, and yeah. then I have the green d ten, which is the one. You mean dice. the red d ten? The red d ten, which, which is the ones dice. The green d ten is the tens. Red d ten is the ones. They don't need to know the colors. Well, I want them to picture it in their heads. <laughs> right, and this whatever is theater of the mind, Brendan. Whatever number Jason lands on,
1: is going to uh, associating with the BFI top one hundred. That is going to be the movie that we are talking about next week
0: okay I guess there's 50. Two. all right so it's 50 if landing on the floor it's 50 let's see what the if we get something 4 54 Jason we have already talked about Brazil oh great movie check it out folks it's real good or, or listen to our episode about it
1: that is a that is a super uh super length episode
0: yeah that's a classic well I mean I love that movie so much no wonder 90. Oh, Jason, come please, on! Please, God, please. Please, if I've asked you for anything, I want to watch Carry On Up the Kyber. Alright, here we go. 90. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> okay, we already did hope and glory. Right. There's still hope. There's still hope and glory, still Jason. Alright, let's try this again. Damn it, we came so close. <laughs> so close. <laughs> Oh, 90. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, 90 again, baby. All right, here all we right. go. By the way, if this is your first episode. You're like, what the fuck is going on? We've been waiting for Carry On Up the Kyber for a long time. <laughs> 76 episodes. All right, here <gasps> we go. 90. Oh, damn fuck, it, I 90. wrote 90 again. You already did Hope and Glory. Jesus.
1: Stop giving us hope and glory. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie, folks. Check it out. It's great. It is all good.
0: Right.
1: 60. Oh, oh, damn it. I thought it was 90 again. Oh, I know. All right,
0: all right. 66, 66.
1: 66.
0: We already did the railway children. All right, we're going. We're back into it. One more time. Let's do this. All right. We are going 90. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. God damn it, you wow. fucking dice gods. I swear <laughs> to God. All right, well, let's try this one more time. Let's see what we got. If I get 90 again, I'm going to be pissed. 94.
1: 94.
0: <laughs> we already did the bells
1: of St. Trinians. All
0: right. Go, okay, that one sucked. 90! 90! 90! Fuck! why <laughs> what is going on let, let us get it come on what's happening jesus christ all right here we go 90 come on one
1: okay we got a movie all right let's not carry on with the car damn it but it's funny that you mentioned Kess yeah. because we're talking about a movie by the same director oh ken, ken russell Lo- ken, ken Loach. Ken Russell is Women in oh,
0: Love. Oh, Women in Love, right. Okay, I got that.
1: Uh, Ken Loach. We're talking about a movie from 1998 Oh. called My Name is Joe. All right. I don't think he's Canadian. I don't know anything about this one. Yeah. I don't know either, but we'll watch it. I'm <laughs> Joe, and I'm Canadian. That was the most heart-stopping <gasps> wow. dice roll I think we've <laughs>
0: ever had. I'm on a high right now. Wow, that was something. That was like gambling. <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, my name is Joe. That's what we're talking about next <laughs> week. Um, but until then, Jason, they can find us all over the interwebs. Oh, God, we're everywhere. We're on all the different podcast apps. Uh, our home base is Age of Radio. Mm-hmm. Um, Ageofradio.org for screening country. You can also find us on Twitter at BFI underscore pod. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for for screen. and am Find Jason on Twitter
0: at Jason D McLeod. That's M A C L E O D. And maybe you'll see some conservatives getting owned retweets. I sometimes do that. He does it and a lot of heroin too. Oh, so much heroin. We have a lot of fun over on my Twitter. (laughs) It's don't worry, it's not habit forming. Um, it's the addiction free heroin. I've been working on it for a lot of years. Elon
1: Musk is going to make that one day.
0: Oh man, yeah, he will. He's the future, man. <laughs> uh,
1: but until we talk about my name is Joe and not carry on up to Kyber, damn we came damn so it, fucking so close. close. God damn it, so fucking close. But we're gonna talk about my name is Joe next week. I'm assuming he's not Canadian. Um, but until then, I just have to say to you, God save the queen. God save the screen. I'm for screen and country. I'm Brendan.
0: I'm Jason. <laughs> oh. oh
2: Oh,